Well, it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Wednesday, September 13th, uh, with your host, me, Ray, and, well, my son, who's apparently to my left, Zach. How are you today, handsome? Doing pretty good. It is a little bit of chaos here at the various Car Edge headquarters. We couldn't get some of the cameras to work, but that's okay. We'll be back in full force tomorrow. I am sure of it, Dad. Here's the deal. Yes. We have new data. It came out from the monthly Cox Automotive Report. Millennials and Gen Z, they're choosing to stop purchasing new cars. And I called out specifically for today's show, yes. Ford, Ram, Dodge, and Jeep, because those are the automakers where we've seen prices go up. I'm not, re- I'm not really leaving. I'm just turning off the other camera that's not working. Dad, but no one... <laughs> yeah, nobody can see, but I can... And it was driving me crazy. Sorry about that. So so millennials and Generation Z are boycotting Ford, Ram, Dodge, and Jeep. And why is that, young man? All right, let's look at it. You are funny, man, but this is we're, we're going to make it work. Younger shoppers. This came out from a data set released just today from Cox Automotive. Younger shoppers are more inclined to delay a vehicle purchase as they wait for prices to drop and better incentives from dealers. Look at this stat. of Gen Z and millennials have said that they are going to delay their vehicle purchase because they're waiting for prices to get better. And then we look at yesterday's data. Yesterday, we dug all the way into the KBB data. Hopefully, you can see that on your screen, Pops. There are certain automakers here who have jacked up their prices year over year like crazy. Yes. Dodge up 12%. We've got Ford here up 4.4%. That $56,000 Ford pickup truck, it's really breaking the bank for some. $54,561 Jeep. The Rams that we talked about yesterday, Dad, are $65,333. You juxtapose this price information with this research that Cox Automotive has done, and you have a younger generation boycotting expensive cars. That's what I see. What do you see? Well, I, 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 maybe, maybe, just maybe, the younger generation is is not boycotting it as much as they're saying can't afford it. Okay, maybe, maybe that's what. Oh my God, I switched sides. Maybe which which is the proper side, by the way, um, and 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 maybe that's that's why they're not buying because they just they they. They absolutely can't afford it. And if you can't afford it, you might as well take yourself out of the market. And yes, say you're going to, well, I'm going to wait for for prices to go down or in, and incentives to get better. Um, and the wait for prices to go down, well, could, you know, they they could be, uh, they, they could be much, much older by the time they actually buy a car if they're waiting for prices to go down. You know what I found interesting about this, Pops, when you look at the numbers, you yeah. see that line where it says interest rates are too high? It's got Gen Z and then it's got Gen X and baby. Yeah, boys. hard to see, but yeah, I mean, you know. I know you got those old eyes. Give me a second. I'll zoom in here for you. Dad, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Only 21% of Gen Z and millennials are concerned about interest rates being too high. We also have the latest interest rate data from Cox Automotive this morning. Let me put you on the spot. What do you think the average in September, so far in September, new car interest rate is on an auto loan? What do you think, Dad? Uh, 9.87%. All right. And what do you think it is for a used car? 13.9%. 
Okay, you're really good at this. We obviously spent a lot of time looking at this data. 9.48% and 13.85%. What I found shocking here yes. is that a smaller percentage of young people, Generation yes. Z and millennials, are boycotting the idea of purchasing a vehicle because of interest rates. When interest rates are sky high, I mean, these are really, really high. They're choosing to boycott purchasing because the prices of the cars are too high. That to me was like a, a bit of an aha moment. Whoops, I made you really big there. That to me was a bit of an aha moment because they're not even factoring in the the the, the realization that their APR is going to be through the roof. Yeah, they could they could care less what the APR is. Um, they're more concerned with what the price is. Um, bless them for that. Um, but but what we don't understand from from this data is when they say, well, the price is too high, you know, the, the old car salesperson in me jumps up and says, well, how much too high? You know, do you, what is your definition of car prices are too high? Is it car prices are too high by $1,000? Is it car prices are, are too high um, by uh, $10,000, $20,000? I mean, you know, what does that mean when they say, well, we're not buying because car prices are too high? It's a relative term, but in relation to what? Where would they want the numbers to be? Dad, Cox Automotive, fortunately, yeah. actually did some research on this as well. I know, oh. right? Okay. <laughs> so what you're seeing on the screen here, I'll read this full slide out because it's a lot of information. And again, this just came out today. So this is brand spanking new. The slide title, new vehicle prices exceed the max amount average shoppers are willing to pay. However, variance in used vehicle affordability shows low income shoppers pushed to buy here, pay here prices. Yeesh. The yeah. questions that were asked here, Dad, it's down in the very bottom. It's very tiny on the screen, so I'll read that out. The, the question that was asked is, what is the highest price you would be willing to pay for a vehicle? <laughs> okay. Well, thank so, you for that. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's really, really good that they asked this question. Yes. The maximum price for households with over $75,000 in income, $48,676. Uh, excuse me, $47,355 is the maximum they're willing to pay. Well, the average transaction price for a new car is $48,676. So the data already shows, and the maximum price for Generation X and Baby Boomers was even lower. It was at $45,372. So there's already a gap there. Did on I freeze? Or we both froze? What happened? Dad. What? You're there. Okay. Well, you... you, you you froze. I couldn't hear uh, what you were saying. I'm sorry. So this is going to be an interesting dynamic. For those of you that have been with uh, with us all summer, I was living at my dad's, and so we were able to navigate these various technical hurdles because we were side by side. But now, and we yeah. will let the drama out on the table, my dad is unwilling to move from his condo that has poor internet uh, internet reception, yet we are going to have experiences like these for months to come. Shall be very interesting. What are you suggesting? I I need to I need to move to Washington. I'm not saying you got to move to Washington. You just got to get better internet, Dad. Well, you know you. I can't figure that out. Back you to know the I data. Can't. Well, okay, and and I don't know why it's not working. It's you know I only have two devices hooked up to it at the moment. <sighs> just saying. Back to the data, Dad. Evidently, why did it work when you were here and it's not working when you're not? 
the data shows a true discrepancy between what those are, what people are willing to pay and what the yes. average transaction prices are. Over on the used car side of things, it is quite, quite fascinating that the maximum folks are willing to pay is higher than the average transaction prices for used cars right now. That, though, becomes a different story when you look at household income under $35,000 a year. The maximum they're willing to pay is $20,686, which seems like an awful lot, but there are obviously are not that many options at that price point. Can I say two things? Sorry, you're breaking up there. What was that? I'm just, I can't pull your leg like that. I can't pull, okay, yeah, say yeah. something. Put, put that, 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 that uh, screen back up. Okay. <laughs> the average amount, uh, okay, so... For new cars, this is for households with an income of $75,000, and they're willing to spend $47,000 for a vehicle. Is that correct? No, the maximum of, if your household is over 75000 is 50669 On okay. average, across everyone, it's 47350 Okay, and, and if it's below... Uh, my point is that even if your household income is 75000 plus you can't afford... A fifty thousand dollar vehicle, okay. You it that is too much debt to take on relative to your annual income. And on the used car side of things, if if people make are making less than thirty five thousand, they can't afford a thirty thousand dollar or twenty eight thousand dollar car. It, those. Those are like pie-in-the-sky numbers for people that they probably haven't done adequate research to say, holy mackerel, if we went for a car that was that expensive with our income and we had the finance a portion of that, uh, that equates to a monthly payment that we can't afford. It just seems to me. Your 10% rule, I mean, we're, we're not even at... Think about it for a second. Think about what the rule is here. This data from Cox is, is alarming, to be honest. Yes. We're saying, we're saying if we make at least $75,000 a year as a household, we're willing to spend $50,000 to purchase a new car. What, what, what rule is that? Is that the uh, one-to-one -one rule? I want I, $1 I earn to go towards every $1 I spend on my car? I mean, that I, I is think asinine. If, I, I, I was going to say, I think that's the stupid rule. Okay, that I think that's the I'm too stupid to actually think about it. You know, I'm no Dave Ramsey, <laughs> but but it, it seems to me it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you're making seventy five thousand dollars a year, spending fifty thousand dollars, spending two thirds of your income on a car is insane. It's nuts. It's it's. It's it's knocking futz. It's knocking futz. So people need to readjust their thinking, um, and manufacturers need to readjust what they're building, so that we can bring more people back into the marketplace. Because I'm telling you, those people that are earning seventy five thousand dollars when they go to buy that car that's 50 grand and they go, yeah, you know, we'll put, we'll put five grand down. So they're going to finance $50,000. Well, they're going to, they're going to poop their pants when the guy comes back and says, okay, well, your payment for 72 months is only uh, $1,112 a month. They're going to go, what? It, 
It's not going to work. And then, Dad, I think you're spot on. It is the automakers because we, it seems like we're actually at a bit of a tipping point if you consider 42%. So four out of 10 in-market young people, yes. near millennials, are saying, I am not going to purchase that, that, that car because it's too expensive. That is the yes. primary driver. You can look over to the right, leading reasons for delaying purchase. This is what's super interesting here, Dad. For young people, again, Gen Z and millennials, 34% of them said because prices are too high. When we look at the uh, Generation X and baby boomers, it was waiting for a better deal slash special incentive. No matter how you slice it and dice it, Dad, it seems like we are finally at a little bit of a tipping point where people are realizing, I can't afford these things. It just does not make sense. It's asinine that it takes two-thirds of your annual income to justify it because that's what we're seeing, but that's that's what it's, that's what where it seems we are. Yeah, I, I seem to recall one of the stats was that it now takes almost 43 weeks of your annual income to pay for a car. Um, you know, that, that's just... <sighs> People need to readjust their thinking. Manufacturers need to readjust their thinking. Banks need to readjust their thinking. Uh, there are so many aspects of this where there needs to be dramatic changes. You know, just because the price of vehicles has gone up doesn't mean that the banks should should uh, approve as many car loans as they have based on old data. Okay, uh, you have we have no idea what the long term impact of 72, 84, 96 month financing is actually going to be on people's personal finances. There, there's, we just don't know. Now, if I were to guess, the long term impact is going to be severely negative because a lot of those people, when after, after five years of ownership and they want something newer, are going to find out, well, they're still severely upside down in their trade, and they're in no position to be able to trade out of that fear. Um, that, that there's things they're going to want to be able to buy, but because they are so burdened by these very high auto payments for very long terms, that it, that it cuts back their buying power for other things. Uh, the 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 negative impacts on the overall economy three, four, five, six years from now at this point are truly unknown. But I, I think they could be more severe than anybody's given any thought to. Well, Dad, Cox is putting some thought into what the implications are for dealers. Obviously, that's Cox's business. It's how do we support yes. dealers? Let's look at those implications for dealers in 2023, and then we'll switch gears here. Number one. Dealers should leverage available information to develop marketing strategies targeting specific consumers who can afford new vehicles as prices and interest rates reduce the number of potential buyers. Okay, so double down on people who can afford to buy stuff. That's yeah. what that says. Yeah, it's saying you're wasting you're wasting your time, effort, and, and money to advertise to a mass market. You need to you need to advertise to a more targeted market. Right? I get that. It would life would be better though. If it was a wider market. Absolutely. So number two, that Cox says implications for dealers. As the used vehicle market shifts towards higher income brackets, dealership sales conversations for pre-owned vehicles need to be tailored to meet the demands of higher paying customers. 
I don't know what the hell that means. Again, we just have more affluent buyers because they're yeah. the only ones in the market. So, Number uh, yeah. what what that means is that is that a typical salesperson in a typical mass market store that doesn't necessarily have a tremendous amount of verbal skills when it comes to talking <laughs> to higher qualified customers has to improve on their craft. Number That's three. Yeah. Dealers must continue to engage younger shoppers with promotional incentives with the long-term goal of securing customers with higher lifetime value. Well, that seems counterintuitive to number one. Also, they have to have affordable vehicles to sell, which I yes. don't know if they do. And number four, dealers must prepare their sales staffs to speak to all technical capabilities of these new technologies. This has become a larger part of the sales conversation inexplicably in all this incredible data that really speaks to the lack of affordability in the car market, there's this one slide yes. about how how young people want to have digital keys. Like, I don't know. I saw this and I just kind of laughed. I was like, what? Like when this, this slide just came out of nowhere, it was like, most people don't have digital keys for their cars, but young people want them. I'm like, what are we talking about here, guys? But well, you know, you don't, you, the, you know, young people apparently want digital keys for cars and digital keys for their homes. And, and that way you don't have to carry keys. Okay, you don't need a key ring. You don't, you know, because I don't know. You, you stuff your you stuff your key ring in your front pocket, and my God, you know, you wear out the fabric where that key ring. You know, it's Good point. Really, you know, really strong. You know, stuff. if you're not careful, one of them keys can poke you in your thigh. It is. It is just do away with keys. Damn it! I get that one. <laughs> So at the platform we can all get behind. Oh, Dad, sure. we're gonna switch, we're gonna switch gears here. We have the latest data from Blackbook. Go if for I, it. If I could say one thing, that the, the an award-winning politician will at some point will say two digital keys in every pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on to something. That'll be uh, uh that'll be the next uh Ford chief. Be their slogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, two chickens in every pot, two digital keys in every two pocket. Two digital keys in every pocket. Before we switch gears, we're gonna talk about the black book data. I want to make everyone aware of a new initiative we have at Car Edge. If you are, I mean it could be a person or a uh, a dealer, if you're a dealer out there, caredge.com slash reseller. Our vehicle service contracts, the extended warranties, we are now partnering with dealers or even individuals if you want to resell the vehicle service contracts that we have. There is a way for you to make money by referring your friends to CarEdge, caredge.com slash reseller. Go check that out now. Yes. The market insights from BlackBook Dad are very interesting. We had another week of downward pressure on wholesale used car pricing. Despite depreciation yeah. slowing compared to the prior week, the weekly declines are still above seasonal movements. A 0.75 decline in wholesale values just this past week over at the Black Book, uh, from the Black Book Market Insights. We continue to see downward pressure on used car prices on the wholesale side. The retail side, still not so much. And inexplicably, Dad, we have uh, trade-in values or the offers that we see back on caredge.com slash sell going through the roof. Yes. Like CarMax offers are really high. Carvana offers are really high. CarGuru, like I, I don't understand what's going on in the wholesale used car market right now. Uh, yeah, because it, it seems as if 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 wholesale values that are being paid for these vehicles as the auctions are declining, at least according to BlackBook. And BlackBook, when they come up with their statistics, they they base their statistics on ninety five percent of all the wholesale 
vehicle transactions out there. So they can prove conclusively that that what dealers are paying is going down. We don't see any of that. We um, see a little bit, not a lot, but very little on the very little side. on the retail side. And and yet we see, you know, like CarMax and some of these others actually dramatically escalating the values that they're placing on some vehicles out there when people when when we plug vehicles into our our cell feature. Look at, um, look at this new one, Dad. I had another one from Carvana and I posted this online. Folks, please do 60 seconds of research before selling or trading your car in. Carvana offer on a 2019 Acura MDX with 69,000 miles here in Washington, D.C. was $16,283. Plugged it into our website for free. CarMax offer $24,400. That's um, wild. That's eight. That's that's eighty one hundred and seventeen dollar difference. That's insanity, man. That's absolute insanity. That you, like, what's going on in the used car market doesn't make any sense because the Cox Automotive data also shows that wholesale prices haven't declined as much as the Black Book data. I think you have a lot of people trying to interpret and understand what's going on. At the end of the day, we're not seeing that much downward pressure on used retail prices, but evidently, if you do your shopping around, people are overpaying again for used cars. So, like, that's kind of good news. Well. Uh, y- <laughs> CarMax, if they buy that car for $24,000, you know, what are they going to sell it for? $26,000? Carvana, if they buy it for sixteen three, what are they going to sell it for? $26,500? I don't think so. Um, you know, or maybe they are, and, yeah, that, and that's why suddenly their their profit per used car sold, their retail profit per used car sold, is so much higher than everybody else's. But my suspicion would be is, well, why would anybody sell it to them for eight thousand dollars less than they could sell it to CarMax for? They're doing a huge. I don't know if you've seen the ads yet, Dad, but there's a huge marketing campaign right now from Carvana about selling your car to Carvana. Like I'm seeing yeah. the ads everywhere, and then I'm trying to do this marketing campaign of saying, "Don't just fall prey to that. Do a little bit of research. Do a little bit of homework. It's a hundred percent free to get competitive offers." And you see the disparity. One one company thinks that used cars are not worth a lot. Another company thinks <laughs> that used cars are worth a lot. Cox Automotive shows wholesale prices kind of steady. Black Book shows wholesale prices falling through the floor. I don't know what the hell is going on, but at least do your research and make the most money you can possible. Well, the one thing I do know that's going on is is if CarMax is paying that much more than than everybody else, um, you as the consumer are are paying a real premium <laughs> yeah. to to purchase a car from CarMax in their in their negotiation free selling techniques. Um, you know, and that's not to say that negotiation-free stores can't have market-based pricing, um, but CarMax seems to be playing on the concept that we have spent 30 years convincing people that we have a better way for them to buy a car and a better experience for them, and they're willing to pay a little more for that. Um, that they now figure, well, we can get them to really pay too much for it. Um, you know, and it doesn't, that doesn't have to be the case. You, you can, you can have a pre-negotiated price um, that's, that's more reflective on what the market is than perhaps what, 
CarMax might might offer this moment on some vehicles. In my Definitely. Opinion. But again, if you're selling a car, please yeah, go to them in a heartbeat. Yeah. And do just just see who's going to pay the most because again, no one knows what's going on. Everyone has a different perspective on what's going on. Take advantage. Sure. It's a, it's an arbitrage moment. Imagine you could I mean, hell, we just got back here into the city, Dad, and I saw cars for sale. Like people had signs up in their cars, like yeah. call this number, car for sale. And I'm scratching my head. I'm like, maybe I should buy one of these cars. And then I just flip it, <laughs> flip it through our cell feature to one of the dealers who wants to buy. I mean, it kind of feels a little bit like that again, just a little bit, not a lot of bit, but uh, enough to make me make me perk up and get interested. I, I, I do have to ask you a question. I'm all ears. Um. Would I be happy if I if I wintered in DC? No, you totally wouldn't. No, okay. you're well, a curmudgeon. You'd be a curmudgeon. I'm not a curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. I said curmudgeon. Excuse me. Curmudgeon. Is it curmudgeon or curmudgeon? I'm not. Either either way, I'm not. Um, okay, but okay, maybe I am. But you know, I I I I, I miss you already. And, and and I can already see that that technically speaking, this nonsense works better when we're side by side, um, literally side by side, as opposed to as side by side through the magic of TV or whatever this is. Um, so, you know, I mean, are, are there are there places in DC that I would find? Comfortable enough that I would be. No, you froze. We both froze. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are there places in DC that I would feel comfortable uh, being able to walk to the restaurants or the food store or whatever, and, and be able to walk to wherever your office would be if you have one? Um, Think well, of it. well, let's talk about it offline. Dead. We do have from Lumber Jeff here. Come up to Wisconsin for winter, Ray. You'll learn to love springtime with a new passion. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. That 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 I I wouldn't be closer to my son that way. Okay. Oh, I, Dad, I used the correct pronunciation. Curmudgeon. 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 Yeah, I had it right. Okay. A bad-tempered person, especially an old one. Yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. I'm, I'm right, bad so <laughs> oh my god, I'm ill-tempered. <laughs> Can I show you something cool? Can I show you something cool? Uh, please, I wish you would. All right, so we've got a few of our community members who are GIS, which is uh, the exact thing that your daughter studied in college, GIS yes. professionals. We've been sharing our data with them, and they've been coming up with these really interesting maps. So I'm going to put this on the screen. We've got a few folks. Colin is the one who I'll shout out here. Dad, this is F-150 data. Yes. Uh, new Ford F-150s nationwide, and it's showing you um, average days on market in every single state. So would wow. you look at this? You've got 106 days on market is the average days on market in Illinois, 105 days over there in Nevada. But then look at states like New Mexico or Texas, only 69 days, 71 days, 68 days here in Mississippi. Pretty cool information that yeah. Colin was able to pull up here. And then we have, Dad, the average asking price, dealer asking price for those F-150s broken down by every state. So look at this. This is also really interesting. Colorado. The average asking price in Colorado is almost $70,000 for an F-150. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is insanity. And then in Michigan, yeah. where there's a bit of a hotspot and an oversupply, we've got $58,000, $10,000 difference. So 
So are you suggesting that if you happen to live in Colorado and you want an F-150, it might be worth your while to, uh, I don't know, um, schlep over to Michigan and pick it up at a Ford dealer there? Could very well, Dad. Could very well. The other thing that Colin looked at, and let me pull it up on the screen here, is this is going to be the average discount from MSRP on F-150s by state. So this also starts to show you what's going on here. So in Colorado, dealers are actually still charging at MSRP or a little bit above it. That says minus $191. That means in Colorado, dealers are charging $191 above, or they're asking prices $191 above. Yeah, they're sell- is it they're asking price or they're selling price? They're selling price. They're selling oh, price. Okay. But then look at some other states that in Michigan, $6,604 off of MSRP is the average selling price of a Ford F-150. This data is so cool. Come on, man. If you live in Colorado and you want a Ford F-150, you know, uh, I'm just guessing that it's not all that expensive to fly from, say, Denver to Detroit, okay? And and even if it was one way, it was 500 bucks. If you could end up saving ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, You'd be a fool not to make that $500 investment in an airplane ticket. Um, Oh, my goodness. We are working on we are working on ways to get this data into more people's hands. If you find the map stuff interesting, please leave a comment in the chat. Again, Colin is working on it. We've got a few other community members who are starting to get involved as well. If you find this interesting, please let us know in the chat so that we can continue to build momentum around it and justify continuing to work on it, I find it to be fascinating. Well, since I don't know how to use the chat, um, let me just say I find it interesting, and and I and I think we should pursue this in 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 the, uh, any way that we can. Uh, it is look at that flights from from Detroit to Denver or Denver to Detroit sixty three bucks sixty three bucks. Okay. Is that frontier, um, though? Is that frontier? Well, if it is, don't do it. But, you know, <laughs> my, here's what we need to do. We need to find a trusted Ford dealer in Michigan with pre-negotiated prices for our dear friends in Colorado so that we can, we can um, um, you know, it's kind of like swipe and write. It's, it, 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 you know, we could, we could, they could find each other. It, it, um, it, what what can we call it? You, you wouldn't call it Tinder, but you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, good. We're actually launching next week our pre-negotiated Ford pricing with nationwide delivery with yeah. one of our dealer partners. So stay tuned for that. Here's another map that Colin put together. So here are the actual hotspots. You can see them. You can see the exact cities where the hotspots are. So when we come down here, there's obviously a hotspot. In Denver there, you've got the Detroit hotspot, the Chicago hotspot, Dallas and Fort Worth, uh, Houston and, and Phoenix. It's pretty pretty damn cool. What we're working on would be that you could actually like dig into this data even more. And how incredible would it be to, have to use these types of maps to visualize things, but then identify the vehicles that you want to go try and make a deal on? Okay, I, I've got a name for it. It's, it we could call it Car Harmony. <laughs> Oh, you're funny, man. Wow, this could be big. This this could be huge. Car harmony. Yeah, Can we just stick with what we currently have? Let's keep doing what we currently have better. 
What? Okay. Whatever. Okay. Put car harmony on the back burner. Car harmony's on the back burner. You trust me here. It's on the back burner. We got it on the back burner. <laughs> I have another show to do in 13 minutes. Yeah. And your camera's harmony. not working. So I got to, I got to help you out, man. Ugh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're miles away from me, buddy. All right. Well, let's talk after the show, Dad. We'll we'll help you out with some more stuff. That being said, we'll be back here tomorrow, uh, Thursday, September 14th. Uh, yes. Please tune in at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. I'll be in my new office slash studio. So looking forward to seeing you there, Pops. Oh, my gosh. I, will you give me a tour? Yeah, I'll give you a tour. This is oh. our guest bedroom at our house. No, no. I mean a tour at your at your new office. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Terrific. Well, then I look forward to seeing everybody uh, back here along with the, along with Zach tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, 8 a.m. in Anchorage, 6 a.m. in Honolulu. And, you know, I did forget about our dear friends in Manila. It'll be midnight in Manila, ladies and gentlemen, when we're back here to spend some more time with you tomorrow. Thank you, Bob. Talk soon. Thank, thank you, handsome.